Welcome back to Buffy Boyfriends. We're boyfriends watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm the Slayer Superfan Sam. And I'm the first time watcher Mike. Uh, we're back here talking about season two, episode 11 and 12, Ted and Bad Eggs. And you know, many some people would think those two episodes aren't related. Why would you do them in the same episode of a podcast? And to those people, I say, there's actually a lot there that you're missing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Women are beat in both episodes many times. Themes of parenthood, uh, in in step step parenthood. Yeah, um, bat, Buffy is the bad egg in one episode, and then she has to deal with the bad eggs in the next mm. episode. Wow, it's nonstop basically. Before we get there, like, what have we been up to lately? I feel like our entire life revolves around looking for apartments right now. Yeah, that's what we've been up to lately. We have been looking for apartments in Brooklyn. Uh, so if any of our listeners know of any, uh, let us know. Because we need, we still need one. Yeah. Um, we went to LA. Did that happen before or after? It was between our most okay. recent recording and now. Well, yeah, we did that. We went to LA. Very, <laughs> bu- very buffy of us. True. Even more angel of us. Wow. I'll pretend like I understand that reference. Well, Buffy is from LA. So yeah. Which makes too. her naturally cool. Yes. She can skip the written. Um, we didn't see any vampires or Buffy stars there, though. That we know of. You're right. We were out at night quite a bit. Anyone could have been a vampire. You're right. What have you been up to, Sam? What's new? Like I said, literally just clicking on Street Easy and finagling with the different... Uh, settings seeing the various places that we might eventually live in yesterday i saw an apartment that was a zero bedroom two bathroom apartment listing which <laughs> was so it was wild to see um studio two bathrooms and you know uh that's i, th- I feel like that's everything i do i go to the survivor watch parties and i look for apartments oh yeah you had a pretty successful one this yes. week i don't i I, I it's unclear to me what I'm allowed to say about who was there because the me and another person there received different messages from the words we heard. So I, <laughs> uh, you know, I won't disclose, but there were survivors there. Yeah, and they competed in a challenge. They gave yeah. us some some insider goss. True. Uh, listen more to bitter jurors uh, from earlier this week if you want to hear more about that um but we are not alone this week no we've got well you mentioned the bitter jurors we've got (laughs) we've got at least one one bitter person on here so true and he's a returning guest to the pod one of our dear dear two-time guests we haven't had very many yet but you know i very much intend to and actually this might be the first two-time guest but i don't have the list up in front of me right now I think we had Ray twice. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but joining us, he is a bitter juror. He is a shadow play gay. He is a Chicagoan. Uh, and his name is Derek Riding. Hello. I'm your new dad. <laughs> Hi, Ted. <laughs> Ted, what an interesting choice of a name for a character. Um, yeah, and what an interesting episode. We can get into it, but I, I don't remember this episode being so, um, I think the word I used was unhinged when I texted Sam about it. Yeah. Um, but I did, as I was saying, uh, pre-pod, 
I saw Evil Dead Rise last night, which is very much about parenthood, motherhood, family, familial relationships. Um, so it, I was like in the correct headspace because of thanks to Ted and Bad Eggs. And I will say there might be some connective tissue here that we can just, you know, kind of force onto these episodes. Yeah, no, we'll find it. We'll we'll force it. Um, this, yeah, Derek said it was unhinged. I said that this was an episode written by Joss Whedon and David Greenwald, and that sort of mm. made things add up. Because before watching it, I was like, I, I sort of remember what this episode's about. And I saw those guys listed at the front. I was like, this is why it gets so weird. <laughs> they're, they're doing something in the writer's room, and it's nothing good. Yes. Um, also directed by Bruce Seth Green. He's really... He's there. He's he's on set. Uh, he doesn't leave set, is what I'm hearing. And then Bad Eggs was written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Greenhall. Oh, okay. So like it's the the diva showcase. I didn't know Marty wrote that one. I wasn't paying attention. Um, yeah, she had some thoughts on motherhood. Mm, she was mothering. <laughs> she mothered hard. Let's start with Ted, since that was the first one. <laughs> Derek, I know you did not ask to do this episode, but I said, would you like to do this episode? And you said, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, I do not regret it. This was like a really fun uh, sort of refresh. <laughs> I remember the like nuts and bolts not to make a robot pun already of this episode. Um, but I didn't remember the sort of like large chunk of the episode that turned into like, Buffy is convinced she like murdered a person and everyone also is convinced of that. And like, they just kind of sit with that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I did not remember that everyone at school knew. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. Which it makes like the ending all the more hilarious and like totally unrelated to what's going on. Cause no one seems to like care now. I guess it just gets out that he was a serial killing Robot? I, did people know he was a robot, or did they no. just think he was a serial killer? It seemed like at the end they thought he got away, because Joyce was like, "I'm so worried he's gonna jump out at me." Yeah. Wait, but wasn't she there when he got killed? Yeah, but she was like in a different room. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe Buffy was just like, "Yeah, he got away." Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of she's getting away in this episode, in this show we've discussed. Like, what did you think about Ted, first time viewer? You know, I didn't hate it up until like the last ten minutes. I thought it was kind. I mean, the plot itself was kind of gross and didn't love to see Buffy uh, and her mom be manipulated by this awful man. But I did. I. I I thought the episode was really going to go for it when they had Buffy kill Ted and just kind of live with that choice and be like, all she does is kill vampires. And now her, her skill set, her world has impacted other people. And it's just like not connected to the supernatural at all. And I, it connects a lot with, I, I thought it connected a lot with, the early scenes from this season where Buffy is like back from the dead and depressed and not really sure what direction her life is going in. And I thought the episode com like completely ruined all of that work when they brought this guy back as a robot mm -hmm. with no explanation. Yeah. And they're like, uh, he's a bad robot. <laughs> Plus they like use that as a justification for it. Like Buffy's 
moral questioning did not actually even matter anymore. She's like, oh, well, it was justified. He was a robot. But it's like, girl, you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's a great summation of the whole episode, I would say. Like, we have this moment of, or these several moments of, like, Buffy is clearly, like, reticent about this man. Um, and it's, like, it's not just because he, like, is, like, a new man in, his mo- in her mom's life. It's like, oh, he also is like cartoonishly evil. Um, and then he like they even take that up to the umph degree, like you said, with oh, and he's also like a literal robot who like murders women. Um, so yeah, it's like this episode wanted to be something, but then it's like, I don't know if like the network was like, okay, but Buffy can't like murder a guy. He has to be like a bad guy. It's like I or was that just an active writer decision? I really could not tell. It was a very disconnected episode like you said mike (laughs) yeah i mean i it feels to me like this was the idea from the start because i feel like if it i feel like if it was gonna be like a just a dude there would be like a vampire in the episode or something but since he's like the only bad creature of all in this episode it just feels like they've got to have one in every episode and it's like I mean, I guess the, the vampire in the original draft or whatever could have just been written out. But it's just, it's a bizarre choice in the last 10 minutes to have him just suddenly show up in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And then it just feels like the solution is she kills him again and it's fine. Yeah. Right. Like, ah, oh, phew, we did it. And there's like no questioning of like, so was Buffy right to like not want a man in her mom's right. life? um there's no question of i mean i feel like they kind of just brush over the fact that her mom was like that joyce was willing to like fully cover for her daughter murdering yeah. a man which mm-hmm. i mean uh, it's fair like when you think about it from the context of like this man was like an abusive asshole to her daughter it's like okay i can justify it in that sense but like when you have the larger picture of it like buffy kind of just like murders him uh i mean not unprovoked but it's just like a big escalation <laughs> and joyce didn't believe her joyce didn't think he was bullying buffy she thought exactly. Buffy was lying so it's like purely i mean and this is the connective tissue i'm gonna try to make here is that like clearly buffy and joyce not just buffy have like this codependency going on where it's like they fully refuse to like disconnect in any way even though they have tension sometimes it's just like they have to like cover for each other they have to they're in this together that is like their mo and so when she when joyce was like um i didn't see anything i was like i gasped that's like I oh know. my god joyce she would she i, I supported her <laughs> but it, yes. but it, yeah and then buffy's like i hit him and he fell down the stairs yeah. um no yeah i do actually think there is connective tissue in this episode through like themes or whatever it also helps that we haven't seen joyce in like forever it feels like maybe she was in the kendra episodes i don't remember but I don't think she was she was at her gallery well, yeah either way like now joyce is like front and center in both of these episodes uh and like to have joyce not really be a part of the narrative at all for episodes at a time and then suddenly she <laughs> caught making out in the kitchen it's like her first scene uh it was a big splash yeah she knows how to make an entrance i mean it's like so funny like they were thinking what's like a an occupation that a mother could have that would take her away from the home a lot of the time an art gallery not like a nurse like any other thing that would make way more sense it's like no she's like 
owns an art gallery and you know gotta go i got another shift at the art gallery i had to pick up you know <laughs> yeah, i lo- i love the choice uh I, I do feel like it really fits the the kristen sutherland like i really she does own an art gallery <laughs> yeah it reads for sure yeah i don't know if she could I, I feel like she could play nurse i believe in her skills no matter what she always kills it like i always forget how much of a, a star she is in the show just like holding it down queen yes mother uh yeah ted he takes the mini golfing true he Um, poisons them yeah that was was like a weird issue with this episode it's like why isn't it like a robot thing (laughs) yeah i it was so weird it's like why does how does he have access to like ecstasy and like why is he putting it in the food in the first place just to like dope them up i guess was the idea there's like too many too many ideas and like you could feel um usually i'm like a big fan of like the 45 minute network drama that of of yesteryear but uh, this one you could really feel them stretching it out like they had like maybe 22 minutes worth of content and they were just like we have to have a whole episode to work on both of these episodes felt like they were like (laughs) trying so hard or like that like in bad eggs the southern vampire thing took up so much time for no reason (laughs) and it's like there's literally so much you could do with this egg plotline why are we even doing this southern vampire thing yeah, like they're totally unrelated. It's like, did the southern vampires like uh, bring the eggs with them? Like, why? It like made no sense. They had nothing. But we'll get there when we get to bad eggs. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, then, the dope. Yeah, and then Spike and Drew aren't even in this episode. Look, uh-huh. there's there was either of the episodes. They they there's so much they could have added here, but they just chose to do like random other stuff instead. And I think that's so silly of them, and I love that. <laughs> For Ted, like Ted had fewer of these issues. I there was just I do, I do think that the doping thing could have been like if he's gonna be a robot, like it has to be like he's put a chip in them or something. <laughs> like I don't know. Oh, this pizza's so crunchy. <laughs> I don't know. Xander was very willing to accept Ted into oh. the into the circle. So willing, in fact, that he like fully just like bulldozes Buffy's feelings on the matter. He's like, um, no, you are hanging out with your. Uh, mom's boyfriend against your will that you just met like less than 24 hours ago yeah and even willow is like maybe we could go hang out with him because yeah. <laughs> he's got the upgrade demos for the computer <laughs> she's a collaborator mm-hmm. she <laughs> willow she's she goes along to get along and i feel like that's very clear here um yeah i feel like that's kind of the lesson of a lot of these early episodes at least um uh, from what i remember is just like buffy's friends kind of suck <laughs> they're teenagers they they are their they whims are change on a dime it's true and we get a lot of cordelia as well in these episodes which i was very thankful for although she says something problematic at one yeah <laughs> we, we, it. we noted that oh yeah i remember she like microaggressed one of her friends like out just of nowhere spot. for no like, like, there was literally no reason for it to be in the plot line she's like talking to buffy and then cordelia needs a reason to leave the scene and so like a black woman walks past and she's like shanice is that your real hair like, like what the hell <laughs> i mean that is fully like if we're like living in the fan like if we're giving like 90s valley girl vibe like that makes sense for the character but it was just like a whoa i don't remember <laughs> doing that at all 
And it's tough that she was serving such a cunty look when she did that. <laughs> she yes. did look so good. Yeah. That bear backpack. Mm. The bear backpack. Bear backpack. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. remember that episode. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, coming. That's coming. I mean, that was fierce, though. You could tell, like, they kind of worked their way from. I'm sure there was like a visual they had in their brains of like some like tentacles coming out of like a bear backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was fully justified within the plot. Um, kind of. <laughs> um, Mike, you've been on this podcast a lot, talking quite angrily about a new relationship that's building up on the show what are your thoughts uh, on cordelia and xander in these episodes it's just like i get what they're doing i get it and i'm not into it mm. and they it's like the do they love each other do they hate each other is it their teen hormones that are driving them together it's whatever i mean i think we've we've covered a lot of ground in this series of Xander being the worst and talking down to women, especially Cordelia. Um, and that hasn't stopped since they've been making out. He's still shitting on her directly to her face. Um, but the one thing I will say is Cordelia gives as good as she gets. She is not phased by his shit talking and I feel like she comes out on top. Um, I still don't like it. I'm ready for them to break up. See, I, at this point in their relationship, do like it and am starting to get on their side. I Like, this is the kind of stuff I love where they're just like, like, it starts, I think, in Bad Eggs where they're, like, making out in the janitor closet. And, <laughs> like, Cordelia asks the question. She's like, should I go to class? And Xander's like, this would work a lot better for me if you didn't talk. And then Cordelia's <laughs> like, this would work a lot better for me if the lights were off. <laughs> they're, just, they're mad at each other, but they're making out. It's like, that's that's good tv baby yeah it's fierce it does feel kind of like uh, almost feels like they are like a divorced couple weird vibes where they just like absolutely hate each other um it it feels like beyond their years for like teenagers to have these kind of like emotions but i don't know like sam said it kind of works for me more not in the sense of like i want them to be together but in the sense that like their scenes were funny together Mm -hmm. yeah now that they're like actually together i feel better about it because in the because like in the previous lead-up episodes it's just them being like them like i literally want to kill you and then there's no resolution <laughs> to it and the, like, but at least if they make out after they say that it's like they're having fun yeah i mean speaking of that though to go back to ted a little um buffy also drops a pretty intense line um about uh when i think joyce is or no ted is like what would you say if i wanted to marry your mother and her words verbatim were like i would feel like killing myself um and just like just leaves that there (laughs) just like really insane to say (laughs) it is and then joyce's reaction after buffy leaves the table she's like i'm so embarrassed not like oh my god like is my daughter okay i need to check on her it's just like so it's a very it's a time capsule for sure (laughs) i'm sure buffy has said something like that before Mm. she would be when i when i look at you when you you kiss me it makes me feel like i want to die very bella of her true Mm. i there were parallels with twilight new moon which we watched last night in this episode because at the end of Twilight New Moon, Charlie gives Bella like rules for like being grounded or whatever. And then 
like he leaves and Edward's already in her room and he's like, I didn't break any of the rules, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's literally exactly what happened at the mm-hmm. end of Bad Eggs. Where they're like, we're not technically breaking any of the rules. Yeah. It seems like Stephanie Meyer watched Buffy. And she, she said, took notes. That's going in the movie. She said, we need to be even more sex negative <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Chase, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else was happening in Ted that made me laugh. Oh, um, speaking of like drawing from things, I've been replaying Breath, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, um, and when Ted, there's a really funny moment when Ted's like circuitry gets exposed. There's like this tinkling piano music, and it sounds almost exactly like the music that plays when um, the Guardians show up in Legend of Zelda. The little like panicky piano. It just made me laugh. I was like ready for him to start shooting lasers at her the the wiring underneath ted <laughs> i just the the whole robot thing i mean we i just like didn't remember how frequently people fall in love with robots on this show yeah <laughs> but now it's been twice in 24 episodes they did it's it been... the first time <laughs> there no notes on moloch <laughs> Mark. Um, and I mean honestly we haven't really talked about the fact that it's John Ritter is playing Ted um, I don't know of those. Three's Company fame I feel like that was like an intentional choice on their part to like bring in this like sitcom actor to like this like oh domestic sort of vibe of like ah like and I think he was in some other sitcom or something um, but we love stunt casting. I don't know John Ritter. What? Maybe I'm. Uh, it's because I grew up with TV Land and stuff like that. But um, oh, this was like a big get. I would assume, like getting John Ritter. I'm sure, like the commercials were like, on a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer, John Ritter is Ted or something. And then they had a director. I mean, a detective that looked a lot like oh uh, Woody Harrelson, but it wasn't him. <laughs> what was the point of that character? Was he supposed to be like a dirty cop? He was like asking Buffy questions, and then like was like, "We're not doing anything about this." <laughs> it's just weird. They needed follow through on Buffy killing a man, but then once he then it's like then he came back to life and it was fine. Like what? Uh, but yeah, he was like they didn't. Be- it was, I guess it's all about like not believing abused women or whatever because Buffy didn't have any like bruising on her face from where she said Ted hit her or whatever that kind of thing yeah yeah I don't know that I trust Joss Whedon to go that deep <laughs> probably no. I don't yeah. feel like he was trying to make a statement well I'm severing the art from the artist every <laughs> single day and I actually have to do it every single second of my life uh and I that's my read on the situation. Wow. There is also see, oh sorry. No, I was just gonna say I sure I could see that maybe. <laughs> also in the Ted episode, it I don't know that it was like necessarily like an intentional connection from the writers, but you saw Buffy being really upset about the new relationship with her mom and nobody really like taking her feelings seriously and telling her to sort of get over it. And this is all before, like, even before we learn that he's a robot or that he's a shitty guy, they like her initial reaction is like, I'm not okay with this. This feels very rushed and nobody is there for her. I felt like there was a, an interesting parallel with like the scenes between Giles and Jenny in the Ted episode, because Mm -hmm. like Jenny, 
had gone through her with traumatic experience in the first half of season two uh, with Giles. It was with like Giles's demon friend. And like, he is not giving her space. He's not like listening to what she needs. And she has to sort of like have a big sit down with him and be like, leave me alone. I will talk to you when I'm ready, but you are making this worse. And I felt it was like very cheap later in the episode where she's just like, actually, I was so unfair to you, Giles. Um, (laughs) You're totally right to be checking in on me and I love you and let's be together again or whatever happened there. I didn't like that. Yeah, let that, women it, feel their emotions, especially because this is like more like maybe this, this may be the second time we've seen her since that happened. It, like, I maybe the first, I don't really remember, but like, she we needed this to be more like we needed to have seen Jazz check in on her like at least one other time before this like big blow up or whatever in resolution, but it just like came together in this episode. And it was like, oh, it's nice he's checking in on her, but I guess he's been doing this a lot, which we didn't see. Yeah, kind of like a. Giles is just a nice guy. Why Why can't Jenny just give him a break? He's just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is not really true to the characters that have been written so far. And they kind of just shoot home it in. I think that's fair. Yeah, it definitely feels shoot in, shoehorned in, like you said. And also just like feels like a weird parallel to try to draw if they were trying to do that of like between Ted and Joyce and then uh Giles and Jenny because I mean if Joyce is like mommy and then like Giles is daddy it's like it's like we're not okay with mommy moving on but daddy can like have this full-on relationship with this woman and we're gonna like cheer and like giggle from like the sidelines um I mean I feel like it's more about drawing comparisons between this I mean I'm, I guess I won't bring Xander and Cordelia into this because I don't actually have anything to say about their comparisons to this. But like, <laughs> it's about like all of the relationships are between people who have danger like associated immediately within their lives. Like Ted is a serial killer; it's dangerous to be in a relationship with him. Giles <laughs> has part of his life is like anybody in his life is going to have to deal with demons also. And then Buffy and Angel are both people who deal in danger, and it's about like what that means to be in a relationship with the person knowing that you could get hurt. Right. Um, I did. That was another funny little moment was when Ted like threatened to out Buffy to Joyce with like the vampire. <laughs> I this was definitely a pre um, dragonology, like having the dragonology or wizardology books in your room as a kid mm. for Buffy. Cause I feel like if that happened, like, five years after this she could it would just be like oh that's my like stupid little like fantasy book like encyclopedia about vampires that i'm obsessed with like it's weird that he was like what is this i i, I like doesn't just think oh this is like a fantasy book he's like oh this applies to your real life and i'm gonna use it to out you to your mother well i think it was her diary and she's like uh, writing in her diary like right. i'm a vampire slayer tonight i slayed a vampire <laughs> which, <laughs> which again you would... which you could just be like I'm writing a novel. <laughs> yeah. Like she she's doesn't not even go on her feet. No, which is why I love Buffy. She's just like, she's a truth teller. Okay. She, um, yeah, <laughs> that's what she does. Love the extended scene of her in Ted's office place. Um, doing some recon. Ted, the office person. <laughs> the best. Yeah. They're the, ready for him the to machine. move on. He's yeah. Going I... Honeymoon in a couple months, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, that was why it's like I love the cut to his desk and it's just a computer and then just like a photo mm-hmm. of choice. And then like the folded picture of Buffy <laughs> was like so dramatic. Like, oh, he's trying to cut me out of the picture. <laughs> 
It was so funny. Like, yeah, that was, a, and the office worker, like, was making me genuinely laugh, like, had some really funny jokes, like, I don't know, just talking, like, oh, can you tell I'm bitter, like, stuff like that. It was very fun. A cute little scene. Yeah. True. Go off. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Ted? There was a yeah. weird moment where he kind of, like, implied he was attracted to men as well. Huh? At the, oh, at, I missed that. Um, where, um... Joyce makes some kind of like I'm. Uh, I've always been looking for a man who can cook, and Ted's like me too. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he did say that. Ooh, okay, maybe I'm into Ted now. No, <laughs> my oh, I do. I have a couple more thoughts on Ted. There was one scene where it was like right after Ted was introduced, and Buffy and Angel are like hanging out at Angel's house, and Buffy's talking about Ted, and she's just like complaining or whatever. And then Buffy, at one, Buffy's like, so, she's like. I don't want to talk about this all the time or whatever. Sorry. And Angel's like, oh, does that mean you're going to talk about something else now? Like, he's like, <laughs> he's really not listening to her feelings. And Mike, and when he was watching something, he was like, this episode's all about men not listening to women's feelings. And it is. It is. And we're supposed to find it charming, I guess, with Angel. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's like the show doesn't really dive into it, but it is like very interesting that Buffy has like such a problem with a man being in Joyce's life. Um, but I feel like it's in a similar way to how like people are not totally, or at least weren't totally willing for her and Angel to be in a relationship together either. It's like, and Buffy doesn't see that. So like comparison, like it had that sort of hypocrisy there of like, you, I can tell you to not be in a relationship, but no one can tell me not to be in this relationship. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of unexamined by the show. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess... The other thing is that Cordelia pro pro proposes a, fa a fascist society and <laughs> Buffy has no laws applied to her. That was really a really funny little dialogue exchange. Yeah, why can't we have one of those? Like, I, Cordelia is so funny. She was a real one for that. Uh, and I mean, it seems like that's where the show is heading since there were no repercussions on Buffy actually <laughs> killing a man. Yeah. yeah. What, what has happened to this, like, cabal of public servants in mm. Sunnydale all knowing about the supernatural and like targeting Buffy or like following her. I feel like this would have been the perfect opportunity for the cop, like the cops to bring her in and be like, okay, tell us everything about slaying. Yeah, it feels like if you're gonna have so many episodes end in the resolution of, and then the cops came and arrested the bad guy, like they need to bring back that scene. I agree. We're at the end of, I think, uh, the first school, episode. I think oh, no. it was School Hard, yeah. where like Principal Snyder and the cops are like, we know about vampires talking to each other. And then it's been nine episodes and they haven't said anything about that again. Has Snyder even <laughs> been in the show since then? Probably, yeah. But not <laughs> since, not uh, in a I know about vampires way. Huh. <laughs> Mike, when you said uh, the cops being like, what? What can you tell us about slaying? It very much made me think of that like um, tweet like from the U.S. Army where they're like, "How has serving impacted you?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's ask her. <laughs> I yeah, Ted was a. Uh, yeah. and Drusilla. Mm. They know how they're to always and they know how to do. serve. Protect yeah, and serve. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll protect. They'll serve. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ted was just like a really kooky, kooky ride. Um, but Bad Eggs was also um, kind of insane. <laughs> I agree. But one last thing, Ted called himself Daddy at one point. Yeah, um, that was that's my last thought. 
Yeah. Daddy's and then she called and then Buffy called him like oh Uncle Teddy Ooh. in like some scene. So I think weird. when she was hitting him with the pan. <laughs> it's like Uncle Teddy, look here or something. That's the other that's another uh link between these episodes using uh you know items of the home and maternity and femininity as weaponry. Wow. Weaponizing femininity. women can do anything. Weaponizing <laughs> femininity, yes. <laughs> do we think I, we'll yeah. see Ted again? <laughs> do you? I mean, Derek and I know the answer to that. Do you think we'll see Ted again? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm. Can't get John Ritter back. Oh, right. And he is uh, dead in real life. I looked that yes. up. Well, yeah, because they were definitely going to like produce a new episode of the show, but just for Ted. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, if they like decided to do one offshoot, why not have Ted come back for it? You know. I don't take orders from women. I'm not wired that way. Oh, right. I did <laughs> take a screenshot of that. Oh, my God. And his little, like, glitches. Mm. <laughs> he, was too... he was fully committed. I he gave. Him. The glitching was giving. Uh, the the circuitry needed work. <laughs> yeah. He was hard. Yeah. He was feeling the Fembot fantasy, for sure. Then, yeah. The, the, only, the major complaint I have is that there's very little thought given to the moral question they proposed once the inconvenient thing that happened went away which i wish they would like it needs to stick with it this was my issue with the most recent spider-man movie too where they were like it was all about peter's like morality and him going dark or whatever but then once the like uh symptom of the issue went away like suddenly the issue went away and it's like that's not how this works you need to like Seriously, consider your characters. No, Mm-mm. not, not gonna. That's do it. bad writing advice. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, D- don't like actually follow through with any moral quandaries. And every relationship can be solved by like slaying a vampire together, as we saw with Jenny and Giles. <laughs> right, and she shot him. Oh, I forgot about Jenny that. shot Giles. Yeah. yeah, and then Giles slayed the vampire. <gasps> yeah, Lots they could of- even give the woman a win. Not to spoil Mrs. (laughs) Not to spoil Mrs. Davis, but there are a lot of crossbow bolts in recent culture, (laughs) at least things that I watched yesterday. (laughs) I forgot that that came out this week. I'm excited to watch sometime this weekend. Talk about unhinged in an intentional, very fun way. Very good. Damien Lindelof, you son of a bitch. (laughs) No notes. Is that the that's the Betty Gilpin show also? Yeah. Yes. She she's an eats. AI nun. I'm there. Oh. Well, Ted, that's fights. Ted. That's very Ted. I don't know. If she's a nun who AI. fights AI. Oh, yes. so that's very Buffy. She is Buffy for sure. She's giving Buffy. It's just like that is a really fantastic show. Anyway, sorry. Yes, crossbow bolts were kind of this connective tissue. We will be watching. Yeah. Moving on to bad eggs, Derek. This is the episode you actually wanted to do, uh, <laughs> and I don't well, remember why. <laughs> yeah, you, you. I gave you the full. You were probably the second person I asked what episode of season two you wanted, and this was the one you picked. I think you had said that there were bigger episodes that were like claimed. I don't know, but I think I chose this one because I figured no one would want to choose it. Um, but I feel like there were things about it I really enjoyed. Um, I think I had it mixed up with um, probably like the Praying Mantis episode from season one. I think my, in my brain I was mixing up the like science experiment gone wrong and there's like a brood of things. Um, but I ended up actually really enjoying this one, even though it was like 
like we said, very sort of like tenuous, like very drawn out in a lot of ways. Um, dare I say some Animorphs sort of tease going on here? With, with Oh, yes, the Yerks. The Yerks, and like they were like trying to build their little like, well, they're like unearthing their mother, which was <laughs> weird, but it was like very giving like when they have like the whole like birthing zone or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, the York pool under Thank you. The, uh, it might not be the school. Maybe it's the school. I can't remember. They've got a bunch of them all over the place. Um, they're called birthing zones, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I agree. I it did feel like a lot more like a season one episode. Um, but I felt like it was like possible as far as monster of the week episodes go. I feel like it had the, a similar issue with Ted where. I feel like they could have taken it further with like Buffy's responsibility or Buffy as a single mom or whatever. Like I felt like we could have had a little more time before it was revealed that the eggs were evil. Like we could have had like a day in Buffy's life where she was a single mom. And like the whole thing is that she needs to show more responsibility, but like obviously she has this gigantic weight on her back like all the time. Um, And so she already has a job. She's going to school. So I feel like it would have been an interesting like art act of the show to have it be like, and she's taking care of a kid now or whatever. Right. Um, And like it, like Mike was saying, Mike did this project in school uh, and it's like, it needs to be a real kid. Like it it can't just be an egg. The the technology existed for them to have the animatronic baby like I had. Um, <laughs> I think giving them an egg. What is this? This is such bullshit. But two evil robot episodes in a row, like that would be a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, Although I don't the- think we needed to make the ba- the eggs the evil people. You had those vampires, or like it could have been like it. it if you're, good, I do think that the fake parent episode is a good concept i and i and i guess i like the egg idea but i feel like there you could have used them in different places where it's like she could have just bought eggs at the farmer's market one day yeah or it could like the eggs could have been a part of like the home ec part of the like sex ed class or whatever who cares but like it just like it the it you needed it to be a real baby so that like the whole imagery hits yeah, I mean, I will say I do think maybe they're trying to lean into this idea of, like, egg as symbol of, yes, like, chi- like yeah, childbearing, motherhood, blah, blah, blah. Definitely pales in comparison to the Revolutionary Girl Uchna egg episode in many ways, um, which ends up being less about femininity and more about queerness in a really exciting way. And this is definitely not that. Next um, episode, Cordelia is going to come to school wearing a cowbell. Yeah, Kaustian Dior. She would. She is Nanami coded for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I do like you said. I it would be fun to have like a scene of like Buffy's in the graveyard and she's like trying to stake a vampire, but the vampire keeps like almost knocking the egg, and she like has to protect the egg. And that would be a fun way to incorporate Joyce more into the story too. Like she's here, but more to be like the scold and like. Oh, right. she doesn't get that Buffy has responsibilities where it would be more interesting if like Buffy learned through the episode, like, oh yes, I have to be the slayer and take care of the egg. That's a lot like my mom having a job and trying to take care of me. It's like that never really gets 
uh, like even introduced. That's like not even an yeah. idea the show wants. There's like up. one line where Buffy's like, "I'm a single mom. Ugh, I'm doomed to become my mother or whatever." And I'm like, how is that not, not so the bad. entire rest of the show? <laughs> I like the episode. Like, why isn't that, like that is the most interesting thing that we hit upon in this episode, and they like just cast it aside for this like uh, animorph thing, like you said. Yeah, and the lest we forget the weird homoerotic cowboy vampires they're brothers but it's like implied he like found him or something like they're not actually brothers Mm, uh on the doorstep yes yeah i'm like i just did not understand that at all at first i was like did i miss like was there like a plot like a subplot that i was missing in this season or something um but it just was like really random and like didn't even thematically have anything to do with what's going on they weren't even like a mommy vampire and like a son like a daughter vampire like nothing nothing to like incorporate them into the story i agree it's so bizarre and it like it could have been so simple as like we're, we work for Spike or whatever. Like, and right. I, I think the Buffy and all of them think Spike is dead right now, and maybe Drusilla too. So maybe that wouldn't work. But like, just give us one scene between the like them and Spike or and Drusilla or whatever. Like, we need something to have like, some reason why they're there. And they re- and they mention a comment it when they're spying on Buffy in the graveyard oh that's Angela so they obviously know who he is they yeah. there's the connection there they they're looking for Angel i guess yeah. <laughs> but it's but like, like they could i'm saying they didn't actually yeah, make yeah. that connection right like that wasn't like hammered in like we weren't like wait why do they how do they know Angel like but yeah and it's like they could have been like a, a sire and like the person that they sired and like we get that relationship like oh maybe they're like fighting for similar reasons that Buffy and Joyce are fighting I don't know I could write a 90s TV show with ease why can't they like come on <laughs> yeah usually I stump hard for Marty Noxon but I wouldn't say that this one went off she was she did not pop off here unfortunately um but I mean there was I mean um I guess, can I ask, uh, what is the policy on foreshadowing talk here, or is that a no-go? I guess use your discretion. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to more so talk about these interesting sort of scenes we have with um, Buffy and Angel's, like, makeout sessions, um, where they do have some, like, actually really interesting talks about, like, oh, like, why are we even in a relationship? Like, what is, like, what are we getting out of this? Um, and the, Buffy like has this sort of unsaid anxiety about dying. Like, um, the, she just seems like so like she wants to be with Angel because like she she doesn't really say it, but it's kind of like she doesn't see a future for herself. Angel's like, don't you see a future? And she's like, I see you. Which the implication I think is like she doesn't really see much of a life, and so she's just gonna enjoy what she has with Angel now. And I think there's a really great pan to this like a close-up of like a grave that says like in loving memory which i thought was really beautiful on the part of the show totally unrelated to anything else going on but it was like oh that's really cool um and then yeah yeah. oh well they start the conversation because like buffy's talking about how she wants kids someday or like maybe she wants kids eventually and angel's like well i can't have kids and then like that's how they start the conversation so it's we're getting some mixed messages on like what buffy thinks about her future but i agree i feel like largely the what they want us to understand is that she doesn't think 
much about it and like even the concept of her having kids someday is kind of like maybe which yeah. i think is a very appropriate oh, yeah. for a response for a 17 year old absolutely but the show yeah. wants us to think that it's not cool for her to not think about the future yeah yeah we're supposed to be like oh that's sad it's like He's... no like She's depressed. Well, I think she should be thinking about like college or like oh, Buffy can't get into college. What? Oh, how dare you? She doesn't. St- have you seen her grades? <gasps> She's Ted has studying what they call her book cracking Buffy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Joyce told her to go to the library and she did not. But that doesn't mean she didn't go to class, but she didn't. She go didn't to go to class. Um, but then that health teacher disappeared and was presumed dead anyway. So that was weird. You don't need to go to health class. Because then he didn't even like show up again. He, like, no, he, he was there. He was in there, but he didn't yeah. have any more like lines. I mean, he hit a security guard with a pickaxe. <laughs> yes, yes. The security guard in the school. Like at nighttime, he went down into the basement and found this gigantic hole in the ground. <laughs> sure, why not? You know. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just like the actual plot of the episode is just like not. It's just like so like monster of the week which obviously whatever that's kind of like how they operate but it's just like lots of disconnecting thingies that just really don't have much to say like they're not really they're not talking to each other not they're not in conversation yeah Um, yeah which is so weird like i feel like there's a lot of ground here that they could have done like the whole episode could have been this like baby plot line but they included so many things yeah i did really love that last sort of shot though of like we talked about the Buffy making out with Angel through the window. Like I'm not breaking the rules, but I that sort of pan out to just really remind you how young Buffy is. Like her bed is full of stuffed animals, and she's and it's like flowery wallpaper. It's just like she's in her child. Like she's still a child, um, which I think is a really I don't know powerful way to sort of end this episode, which should have been about like. <laughs> motherhood and childhood and like what it is like being like a young woman who is being asked like do you want kids and like just doesn't it's i don't know there's a lot to plumb here a lot of depth to plumb but instead we have to like murder a giant squid under the basement of the school which was fierce yeah like that's her like killing motherhood i guess (laughs) i guess having kids yeah I mean that shot of her like crawling out covered in like the black blood yes. is so fierce. Like scary. Like the vampire just leaves because she's scarier than he is. And I think that's that's like a cool part of Buffy's or I guess the Slayer's sort of mystique that um I like when the show goes there when it's like she is literally the things that like scary things are scared of. Like and that was like exemplified here. It was really cool. I agree. The end. <laughs> the end yes love a mall scene mall is good mm. r.i.p to malls loved uh that other woman <laughs> that the, the cowboy was with where she yes. was like we're talking here in this abandoned arcade could you leave i i thought it was gonna be a gag up until like she saw his face like i thought we were gonna get like another human vampire relationship and she was like into it and she's like yeah I'm with my vampire boyfriend. Now let him <laughs> suck my pussy with his fangs. <laughs> um, which I thought would have been cool. Um, could sort of open the world up a little bit. It's not just Buffy who sleeps with vampire or wants to sleep with vampires. Um, but no, the show didn't go there. Joyce fucks robots and so does Willow. True. 
we love an interspecies relationship. <laughs> Who, which character do you think is most likely to be the next person to get romantically involved with a robot? With a robot, yeah. Okay. Um, Jenny. <laughs> wow, she's on the computer all day. That's true. She cheats I on would, Giles. Someone say she was the first to be in a relationship with a robot. The idiot box. Yeah. <laughs> I would say my bets. I mean, obviously, I've seen the show before, but um, I feel like Xander very much gives like would intentionally seek out like a sex robot as a partner because he's a creep who doesn't want an actual woman with like a personality. Uh, no, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just sort of plug and play, as it were. Uh, alert. <laughs> we <laughs> would like to play. Uh, what did we think of Willow in Bad Eggs? She was kind of just like a drone. Yeah, whatever. Um, Allison slays. I feel like she plays evil so well. Like, just like evil mind controlled those were fun little scenes i think where like the the egg creatures were smart enough the face huggers like that's literally what they were basically were like smart enough back to huggers sort of, like, they were back huggers lower back huggers um <laughs> oh yeah it's like and... why did you wear that top girl you knew you knew where you were on the on the, the body the the buggy was feeling a little wanted to show a little skin i don't think there's anything wrong with that you're in sunny california like Let's show it off a little um, for the other bugs, I guess. Um, yeah, I I really liked how everyone played that. They sort of like were really like leading people on, and then would like switch like that. It was very fun. Um, yeah, I also really liked the scene where Buffy was trying to kill the one in her room. That was really fun. Yeah, that was horror. That was alien down. Yeah, and and very, she got it. it was very slay when she like took the scissors and was like god damn bitch i agree but it's like i wish that she would have just used the iron like i feel like that was that was the image yeah like scissors work it's still like i guess i could be like they use those in sewing but it's like this is about motherhood and maternity and domesticity you gotta use the iron period maybe that was her rejecting motherhood Mm -hmm. she was like i i need something this is not the path i'm going on in favor That's of scissoring. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's read into that. Oh, we will. Let's examine that. <laughs> there was, a, I loved in this episode, there was a part where Cordelia was like, Giles was like, well, Buffy's distracted and tired or something, so I need to go out and patrol. And then Cordelia is like, do you need help? Like, she was going to go. And Giles was like, no, stay here and read. Like, and it's like, maybe this was in the TED episode. I don't remember, but... I just like I. She, they're really doing a good job of bringing Cordelia into the group in this season, and I'm obsessed. I love like. Why would she volunteer to help patrol for vampires? I'm obsessed. I love her. She wants to date one. She thinks Angel's hot. <laughs> True. Yes. Yeah, I love that Cordelia is just amazing, and well, in all ways except the one we talked about. Yeah. She's learn. She's learning and growing. I hope somewhere. <laughs> yes. I think that a, two, a 2023 Cordelia would not have microaggressed Shanice. I would hope not. I don't think so. And in the Buffy rewrite I'm doing, she won't. doesn't. <laughs> and Shanice, Shanice, Shanice replaces Xander. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. There's like, there's a lot of notes here. I feel like people like talk about like a Buffy reboot. Like it's like, uh, you can't do that sacred ground. But I've, the more distance we get, the more I'm like, why not? 
let someone else who's not awful have a crack at it, you know? Yeah, but what, wasn't there that talk like a few years ago that they were going to reboot Buffy with a black actress? There well, was... I don't remember an actress being attached, but I, I remember there being talk of like a reboot being in development and everybody being so angry. That might have been pre-pandemic and it like kind of got derailed. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Never, never doubt the machine's ability to just regurgitate content you know yes we got the twilight tv series coming which we will be watching <laughs> we will be how the series it. ends we'll see honestly it. <laughs> i feel like a tv show is better for the <laughs> better format because it is just a cw drama yeah uh, as books i'm i think the twilight show is going to be good because they're gonna have to invent so many plot lines to keep like a, if they have to do like 10 episodes on one of those books like what are they gonna write like it's gonna be <laughs> wild um and i'm ready for it and i think the world is like we are in a place where we like recognize the iconicness of like the blue filter and like how like the first one is like there was a vision there and i feel like they are going to really try to hone in on that sort of like early 2000s like sort of Keep, like uh, what's the word i uh, camp i guess it's the only thing i can think of just lean into it i hope that they do yeah i hope that robert pattinson is on as an executive producer and he can sort of guide the tone that this has to be <laughs> which is Kristen like Stewart would do it i hope so they would be if they did if they did if they did promo for the new show that'd be amazing honestly they're getting back would... together <laughs> or maybe they could play carlisle and Esme. Whoa. Can they afford them? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but maybe they would do it pro bono. <laughs> Out of the goodness of their play, heart. Um, Laurent and Victoria. Hmm. I, or at least the, guy, the other guy who dies in the first one. I think Laurent is black canonically, not just in the film. Got it. Okay. So maybe not. I wouldn't recommend it in this day and age. <laughs> Um, but maybe if they brought Joss Whedon on, he would feel differently. Yeah. It's why is it bad when it goes this way, not the other way? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I forgot, totally forgot who any of those characters are. Um, but I support all your decisions. <laughs> this is a vampire podcast. It could be the Volturi. Yeah. It could be anything. They I I mean I'm certain that if Kristen Stewart and Edward Pattinson were like, Yeah, we'll do the show, put us in any role. They would love <laughs> Edward Pat. Did you just notice you said Edward Pattinson? Same. No, but they are the same person to me. <laughs> Edward Batman. <laughs> who died on 9-11. I loved him in The Lighthouse. That movie where he... I've never seen it, but like the final scene is he's in some office building and like they <laughs> they reveal that it's 9-11 and the plane is about to like fly into him. Wow, the World Trade Center. That's crazy. Yeah. Remember Me is the name of the movie, I mm. believe. That's crazy that he made that choice. But yeah. He's done. A, he's done a lot for the the culture. What a king! Um, yeah, vampires. Um, as long as the Twilight show keeps in the part where they're like, she's Italian, right? Or they have like a whole debate about whether Bella is Italian or something because her name is Bella. That was really funny. Yeah, I haven't seen that part yet. I think that's like uh, further on in in the tale, the tale of Bella and Edward <laughs> and Jacob, the, the saga. Yes, it um, is a saga, isn't it? But back to bad eggs. Any other uh, thoughts, feelings? It's weird. Why were the eggs like touching people's faces at night? Mm -hmm. 
it felt like a lot of different concepts sort of mushed together. Yeah, like it, because it felt very similar to the Ted uh, drugging of it all. Like they were, it's like the the part where they were just touching each other's faces. Like I guess that was just them like making putting emotions into them to make them really care about the egg. I did really like the baskets they carried the eggs around in. Those were kind of cute. Very cute. Joyce was not sure about the structural integrity of the little basket, Mm. but they were cute. (laughs) Buffy's like, I didn't ask for backseat parenting. See, that could have been more, they could have done more stuff with that. Ugh, there's a lot of wasted potential here. It was almost there. It was almost there. But um, I'm glad I got to talk about these episodes. These were fun. Fun little moments. Like, it just reminded me, like, why I love the show at all which is just like it's just like so fun and the acting is always good i feel like i never come out of an episode like woof that person just was not selling at all what they were giving and um yeah just really fun stuff i hope mike are you having fun with season two so far season two is definitely an improvement i'm enjoying it um yeah i i feel like i'm i'm ready for more episodes that move the plot forward oh well, and they've been they've been doing that. They have, but the, the as we've been talking, this feels like a little bit of a regression. Yeah, we are. But they did. They are, these are the first two episodes back after a very explosive mid season finale. So they they got to reset the table. Yeah, introduce us after a long hiatus. Um, no, I agree. Like they're they, these are two Monster of the Week episodes in a row, and even though they're like lightly doing plot stuff or like checking in on the major relationships, it doesn't. You know, there's like Spike. Like I said, Spike and Drew aren't in either of these episodes, uh, and no major changes were made in how the characters feel each other. It feels like every episode ends the same place we were already at. What I will say is that next episode, we are again doing two episodes together. And I would say more people would probably consider these episodes linked uh, than Ted and Bad Eggs. Whoa. Yeah, an actual two-parter. Yes. Does, does it come with part one and part two? No. And actually, I think there was a, a week between these episodes, but we'll be doing it as a two-part special. Um, and those episodes are really good in my memory. So we'll we'll see if they are good in my current C. Does anyone date a robot? Uh, I can neither well, confirm nor deny. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, <laughs> let's do segments. Derek, we're doing biggest slay. What was the moment of these episodes that made you go slay? Um, I feel like, like I said, um, with bad eggs when Buffy like is like like drawn into the mother's i don't know was it trying to eat her don't know they obviously could not afford anything more than the eyeball Mm -hmm. which is fierce um and then her just like like destroying it from the inside while all the like mind control people just like stare (laughs) was really fierce and then her like just crawling up out of the the rubble and just being covered in that black goop and just like staring down the vampire big slay Big sleigh, and that's definitely in my. I, you know, if you hadn't said it, I would have said it. Ooh. But since you did say it, I really do think that scene where in Bad Eggs, Buffy's like in her room, and like I, I like that the tension was so drawn out where she was, she saw the little creature running around, she thought she had it, she didn't see it, and then she suddenly like jabbed it behind her back with the scissors, and then like stabbed it a bunch more times. Go off. Very good. Love that. Um, I'm gonna. 
move us back to the last episode, mm -hmm. if that's okay of with course. you. Um, when Buffy punched and kicked Ted right down the stairs, that oh. was the biggest slay for me. Because you could see, like, there, there was a lot of tension in the conversation leading up to the fight. And she was like, I do not like this guy. He does not like her. She's like, is he actually going to hit me? Like, is, the, is he going to give me permission to beat his ass? And he did. He punched her and she killed him. Yeah. And she was like, I was so hoping you would do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and that made me go slay. Yeah. Then she staircased him. I never finished that show, so <laughs> me either. But that's how it ended. Yeah. He, he came back as a robot. The owl fl flew through the window, and <laughs> yeah, um, of course. What was it? Oh, there was the other slayful moment I felt was when like Buffy was like working out her anger on a vampire. Like she was like so frustrated that her mom was with Ted, and so she beat up a vampire for like way yes. longer than she needed to. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Mm -hmm. I like um, that. Moving on, fashion moment. Derek, is there any fashionistas that you want to call out in these episodes? Um, Willow had a cute like little bucket hat at the top of Ted, I think, which was really cute. But I think for me, the biggest fashion sleigh was there was, I think it was also in Ted, there's a point when um, SMG had these like metallic silver nails on. They don't really focus on them, but I caught them like pure, uh, very much giving Lady Deathstrike from X Men like pure metallic silver nails. I love them, they're really fierce. I have two, one for each episode. I hope that's allowed. I love and that. Okay, okay. I don't remember exactly. Well, I do remember where in the episode it was, but I can't give you a timestamp. It happens after the first introduction to Ted. She's like met him at the house and they're at school the next day, sort of like talking about if they're going to go mini golfing or not. And Cordelia walks past the group and her and Willow are wearing like the exact same outfit. It's like a long sleeve sweater, mm -hmm. a mini skirt, and they both looked amazing. And I thought that was a funny visual. Um, and then in Bad Eggs, I, I've already mentioned it a few times on the episode, but Cordelia's teddy bear backpack is just very iconic. Mm. Very season one camp of like the fashion department. Um, and I loved it. Yeah, the TikTok girlies would have eaten that up for real. For me, I feel like Buffy's hair specifically in Ted looked so good. It was very full. And I thought that she was serving. And then also the like the what she's cut when she before she's covered in all the goop. Her outfit looks really good. She like is wearing like a pink top and a matching pink cross. There's also a scene in Bad Eggs where Buffy, Cordelia, and Willow are walking across the quad together, and all three of them look amazing. Yeah, the girlies were giving. They were because Cordelia or, or Willow's wearing like a purple and black checkered top, Ooh. Uh, and it's and it was it looked like a very interesting material. Wow. Um, moving on, Xander Slander, Derek. Mm. What was the worst Xander moment of the episode? This feels like very similar. I feel like to the last time I was on, but it was like literally Xander just like blowing over mm -hmm. Buffy's feelings. Like I said about Ted, where he just, I think they were like, Buffy pulled the classic, like, oh, we have a thing to do. And Xander's like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to hang out with Ted instead, which weird. Xander's a weirdo. Maybe, I mean, maybe he was just addicted to the E that like, he was putting the pizza. It was that, I don't know if that was the implication, but it's just like, dude, like, it's not even your, like, you can hang out with Ted. Like, it's Xander, you suck. 
Like, I feel like it would be so much more believable if Willow did it, since she was like, I really want those upgrades or whatever. But, like, Xander is just like, I love food. (laughs) (laughs) He loves minimizing Buffy's experience. True. That's his primary hobby. It's his favorite thing to do. Um, Yeah, fuck him. Don't like him. Uh, That's also my Xander Slander moment. Horrible play uh, from Xander, (laughs) and I hate him. But otherwise, I feel like he's been getting a lot better generally. He still does like one or two bad, awful things every episode, but I feel like they're softening him. Yeah, I agree with that. It's getting harder to to pick out the Xander slander moments every episode. But there used to be one we, every scene. We still find <laughs> one. Um, but I did have to pull up that script of the episode Whoa. to find it because I remember he said something like in Ted that annoyed me, and it was right at the beginning. <laughs> They're like walking into Buffy's house to meet Ted, or like the opening scene of the episode. And like Willow is like, Oh, Buffy, like, how's taking care of Angel? He's been sick, um, or injured from whatever the fight was. Um, she's like, Oh, yeah, it's going okay. And then Xander has to say, Oh, is that better than playing like naughty stewardess? And it, it just felt like very unnecessary. And he was trying to like. He was just being, like, a sexual teenage boy. Yeah. It's like every single time Angel comes up in these episodes, Sanders like, you gonna go make out with him? It's like, maybe. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're, you're, And it's like, it's so uh, hypocritical, obviously, because he's dating Cordelia, who they all collectively don't like. Right. Maybe they're starting to, like, question mark? Yeah, I just mean, like, that's yeah. the... Yeah, I know belief system that they think they're operating under even as they all come to like her yeah exactly. i'm ready for the comeuppance when mm. that relationship is revealed i really yeah. hope it happens soon it'll cause some drama some much needed drama i need the group to start fighting again <laughs> <laughs> yes you guessed it right mike the next two-parter is all about uh xander and cordelia the, everyone the fallout the cosmic fallout of those two <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on these beautiful Monster of the Week episodes? No other thoughts. I feel like we covered it mm-hmm. pretty yeah. thoroughly. They were fun. I feel like there's a lot I'm sure you could try to really dissect in terms of the symbolism, but I feel like we kind of got everything you can get out of them because they were kind of ultimately surface level. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about it. They didn't go far enough with either of them, um, but still had fun. Yes. Uh, Derek, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, Follow me on Twitter, Rangerix. Follow our other podcast, Bidgerger's Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Um, follow Shadowplay Gaze. I name-dropped uh, um, Revolutionary Girl Utena. If you like 90s, if you like queer symbolism, Go watch that show and listen to me and Christine, our friend Christine, talk about it. Uh, at ShadowplayGaze Shadow is the Twitter. And I believe Christine set up like a little Spotify playlist of all the episodes because they were dropped in the Bitter Jurors feed. Um, and you can just listen to them there. I would say if you like Buffy, you'll like Udna. So like they have very similar concepts. Yes. It felt like, honestly, the especially bad eggs, I felt like was very Utina coded. Not just because of the eggs, but it was just a lot of stuff going on. So, Mike, anything to plug? We are at Buffy Boyfriends on Instagram and Twitter. 
and rate, follow, rate, and review, subscribe. Yeah, I guess I haven't checked and seen if we have any reviews. I, you know, I, I somehow doubt it, but we'll see. Do you have anything to plug while you look? Uh, me at Sam Stanish on Instagram and uh, 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 um, do you want to hang out on Substack? Um, I think that this is a new actually, actually, maybe I can't remember if I read this before, but on March 1st, Taylor Margs said, amazing. I've been loving the pod. Keep up the Xander slander. Yes, we will. We have been, and we are. You could have uh, us if you try. No, I will continue doing it forever. Thank you, Taylor, whoever you are. I think I know who that is. <laughs> um, but okay, uh, Slay, if there are any other final Derek, thanks for being here. This was so you, thank lovely. You. Yes, this was perfect. Perfect little post Evil Dead Rise moment. Yes. Parenting gets all of us. Mother. According to the story. Mothers were mothering in every sense of the word. Let's hope Joyce is in the next episode. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all.